It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I'm your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, I bring you Aaron Cheddar Talk. Hey, John, what's going on, man? It's been a great weekend in Wisconsin sports. <laughs> it's I mean, very interesting, yes. Especially if you include uh, schools with their name Wisconsin in them and ignore Marquette, which is easy to do. It's true. That's the only thing is, yeah, Marquette had a... Sorry, Pete. Sorry. But they had a good week because beating Baylor was great, and we'll get into all that. That was really good, too. Yeah, no. That was fantastic. No doubt about it. Marquette's awesome, and I I honestly think Marquette's going to be doing better down the long run. Anyhow, but yeah, no, it's been a long time since we've had a good weekend of Wisconsin sports. I I can't remember the last time uh, we had Badgers, Badgers, Packers. I mean, the Brewers didn't do anything wrong. The Bucks lost a close one to the Lakers, but came back and uh, frog stomped the Hornets. And uh, uh, Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez was doing a uh, doing a heck of a job with the WWF stuff with the uh, the Hornets mascot. So that was awesome. Did you see any of that video? I didn't watch that that part. No. Yeah, he was doing WWF moves with the Hornets mascot. It was great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, let's make sure we mention as well that this show uh, can be found on twitter and that you can follow this uh show itself at scotty johnny pod you can follow me at not so humble host and you can follow aaron on twitter as well aaron why don't you let all the lovely people know where they can find you well john you can find me at cheddar talk cheddar talk is where you can find me at cheddar talk uh uh, and (laughs) as you know i thought i thought political season was over and uh but then again that thing down in georgia with uh narlock and herschel walker I guess we still have elections going on, so th- this is when I shine, John. This is when I tr- <laughs> this is when I this is when I troll hardest, troll hard. Yeah, you need to be careful, everybody. He's he's just saying things. That's uh, <laughs> the point. I'm just saying things to make people mad. That's all. It's, <laughs> yes, it's, it's fun. It's it's fun. It's it, it, oh, and uh, th- today too, I went after uh, Thielen fans. Okay. Because Adam Thielen, uh, have you seen this beef between Adam Thielen and Bill Belichick? Oh yeah, I did see that. It's just Going back weird. four years to when uh, Bill checked home to STFU uh, okay. <laughs> on the sideline when he was trying to challenge a call, and then uh, Bill he went up to try and shake Belichick's hand and just got shoulder checked by Belichick yeah. on the way off the field. Yeah, makes sense. Fantastic. Thielen's never been a number one receiver on his own team. No, I mean he's been a very good receiver several times, but yeah, I'm, I'm he's not. He's it. not nice know. now though. He's he's just nothing now. He's just kind of a guy. And now he's not, he's not now he's got uh, Justin Jefferson trying to show him the way to the end zone. Show you the way. No. Yes. All right. All right. Well, let's kick everything off right away and we'll get into the show proper uh, with a segment that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, so we will start off with Packers, as Aaron and I also just kind of personally follow the Monday night game quietly in the background. Um, but yeah, um, 
this is the last game I care about winning, quite honestly. <laughs> the, the fantasy football game tonight, or no, yeah, that too. Um, I, as Aaron knows, <laughs> I, do, I do have. I, I, I noticed I didn't even mention it was Bears Week yet until because right. both me and you that were too predisposed it's, with what's going on right. in fantasy football. It is Bears Boys Week coming, which is the big thing that matters. Uh, but yeah, no, with fantasy, it's just because like I have a I have a shirt of my fantasy team, um, and I've been wearing that on game days because that's the only team that I care about that actually has a chance of winning. And could right. win a title. So, but still, um, th- this is Packers Bears, and yes. also oddly, exactly. they they have found a way to have the exact same number of wins in the history of history, leading up to Packers Bears. I mean, how uh, crazy is that? And it, wasn't it like uh, Packers Bears history equal equal right? And then also total amount of wins in NFL history equal same game right? Uh, I don't know about that. No, the Packers have the lead in terms of total wins. Between the two franchises and in have between the series, for a while. okay, that happened last year. Okay, that's right. At some point, and that's and that's what Wayne was saying too. Is that when the Packers won the game, that for the first time since the NFL has been the NFL, the Bears are not the single most win leader, right? Ever. And and they did get the one season head start because, or was I'm trying to remember if it's one or two, because the league was founded in 1920. Uh, the Packers were playing in 1919 in a different league. And then joined the league in the 1921 season. Uh, and of so course, the Cardinals could be in this conversation altogether, but they just sucked. Yeah, Cardinals so. were the second winningest all-time team. Uh, well, among teams that currently exist, because they weren't—I mean, they—they were the only two teams then that are still here now. Right. <laughs> so it's just kind of strange. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- this is the last game of the season that I care that much about. I mean, I'd like it if they win the rest of them. I'll be—I'll be there watching, hoping they kind of win. Uh, this somewhere is my in my Super head. Bowl. This is like when they knocked the Cowboys right. out in the division around a couple years ago and then got slaughtered by the Falcons the next week. I don't care. This was my Super Bowl. <laughs> right. It's I just uh, I hate the Bears more than any other team in the league. And winning that game was just great uh, cathartic moment for us to still have that because they're the rival. They're the big rival. And getting that win was was nice to be able to sweep the Bears in a year where this is the worst Packers team in a while, quite a while. I mean, we missed I'd the playoffs. Say, I'd say back since to years. Rogers' rookie year, like well, not rookie year, but his first year as a starter when they went six and ten. I try to be careful because there were the years where you know we didn't make the playoffs under McCarthy the last two years, mm-hmm. um, but I still felt like those teams were more in it. This team's not even in it. Uh, don't give me the. 4.8% chance of making the playoffs. Um, it's up to 11 now, John. Is it 11? Whatever it is. It doesn't much 11. matter. I just, whatever. Uh, they'd have to win out to have that probability. And I think uh, Pete Bukowski was putting up what the the most likely and best chance. Obviously, it still involves winning out, but it also involves, like, I forget who it is. There are two other wins that needed to happen to make the Packers, like, a six seed. It's like, all right. Basically, basically, the Giants and the Commanders tying last night was the worst case scenario for the Packers, by the way, too, because that gives them a half game lead both. I think they both still need to lose down the stretch or something like that. The Packers have to have a better record than them because they yes. lost to both of those teams. So and on top of it now, there's one of those teams didn't lose. They both tied. So they both have the upper hand on the Packers now. So that was kind of the worst case scenario there. But you know what? The people that'll tell you that, you know, it's John, John, you can't give up hope. The the year that they went to the Super Bowl, 
they had to win out down the stretch and it took a Deshaun Watson punt return to get him into the playoffs. And sure, John, sure. don't lose hope. Anyways, uh, yeah, that that's that's <laughs> that's all that's all hot garbage. And I I don't agree with that one one bit whatsoever. Right, right, right. But yeah, no, it's I mean, but yeah, the winning winning the Bears game is and and taking it again. He's twenty five and five lifetime. Like Rogers owned the Bears. Yeah. Or uh, Favre, Favre owned the Bears. And Rogers can owns also... stock in the Bears and makes personnel decisions. That's how much he owns the Bears. Right. Um, right. It, it's it's been ridiculous. It's it's eight in a row. Um, it, like you said, took the all time wins total. Yeah. And there's a great picture if you didn't see it at the end of Christian Watson's run. <laughs> To oh, seal yeah. the deal at the end when he did that when he did the fly when he did the WWF move into the end zone. Yes. Rogers out of focus pointing at him diving into the end zone. And you can see Packers fans in the vitriol and the cheering <laughs> of how great that moment was. And you can just see there's a couple Bears fans in the background. You can just see they're just like, Are you kidding <laughs> not me again yeah right now like are you like it's great and that wasn't even that wasn't even randall cobb running loose you know behind the secondary and falling across the end zone that was christian watson showing he is the fastest big man in the league and it's not even not, not he, no no one and they even said like out of the top five speeds achieved by a player this year everybody else was like five foot ten five foot eleven under 200 pounds to include Deshaun Watson, by the way, was the fourth highest speed this year. So really? good on that dude. Yeah. Still, it was the highest speed attained by a player this week. Yeah. Yeah. So and, I was like, and, oh, and, good and, and the third highest speed attained this season right behind him was Deshaun Watson, which that's amazing, by the way. Good job for you. Cause what he's uh, 53 years old, you know, so like, uh, Jackson, Deshaun Jackson. I was like, what, what did I say? Deshaun oh, no, Watson. I, said, I was yeah, like, Ooh, no, what sorry. is Deshaun Watson doing? Like, <sighs> sorry, never mind. let's not bring him yeah, into this at all for different reasons, but yeah, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson has a fourth highest speed attained this year. And he's, it, he's geriatric. He's our age, but, uh, but no. And then everybody else is like five foot 10, uh, Kendall Walker, he's a little bit bigger because he's running back, but still all under six foot. And then there's Christian Watson, six foot four, 207, hitting yeah. 21 and a half miles an hour. Blackwell had a chance to tackle him, had the angle, and couldn't <laughs> make it happen. Yeah, Blackwell played that perfectly. He got off um mm-hmm. he got off the block and he did it as good as you can on the cornerback out on an Island like that. He had a chance at a tackle and he couldn't do it. Watson's so fast. You yeah. just lost your fantasy football game. Didn't you? No, I don't know. We'll see. looks like Brady <laughs> just threw a pick. Looks like Brady just threw a pick. I'm hoping it hit the ground, but we'll see. Uh, oh, that a hundred percent hit the ground. Never mind. Nobody cares about that, but Aaron can see me reacting as we're recording. So that's why uh, I shut off the camera. So you can't see what I'm staring at. Oh, uh, all right. Now I'm going to shut off my camera too. Just, you don't need, it's go. not your problem, my man. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, no, the best, it, it is just great to have had this game to see Watson continue to, well. I, I love following his, his mother online is so great too on Twitter. Uh, cause she's very involved and was very unhappy with the way people were treating him, uh, during the season early on when like, He's hurt. And they're like, well, this guy's just broken. He's just hurt. It's like, he's a rookie who's never had injury problems and he got hurt. He had a concussion. Like, well, come on, man. Uh, drove his head into the ground and he managed to get a concussion. That stuff happens. And uh, 
yeah, he had some stuff coming into camp that didn't go well, uh, hamstrings and stuff like that. Man, if he'd have been healthy all year, just think of the numbers he would have put up. Somebody was doing something about, like, <laughs> nobody in, in league history has ever had this catch-to-touchdown ratio as a rookie. And... Um, uh, or, or, or touch to touchdown, like yeah, touch he's got to, two yeah. rushing touchdowns too, you know. And it, and, and and Vikings fans will be quick to point out, oh, Justin Jefferson was amazing right off the bat. No, he wasn't. Justin Jefferson as a rookie was quiet the first half of the season. Yeah, like and he had a couple well. splashes, like you do when you're great, but they're still rookies. And they're like, yeah, but he immediately impacted how the team was. The Vikings stunk his rookie year. The best like, part is to also it, remember that essentially what they did was trade. And make a trade to get rid of Stefan Diggs so they could go get Justin Jefferson. They're like, well, that team, they went on got Justin Jefferson. You're like, but they gave up Diggs. They're just the same team they were. Like, That's a huge gamble, too, because yeah. you don't know. You, you don't, don't know. know. No. Now, with that draft, um, it turns out that most of them were right. They were right, because, yeah. Because Pittman Jr. and uh, Ayuk and uh, Jamar Chase. No, Jamar Chase was the next year. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, Ayuk uh, and Pittman Jr. turned out pretty good, too. Yeah. There's only one that didn't pan out. But either way, I mean, you don't know when you're drafting mm-hmm. a rookie. Like, Especially the, receivers. The, the, the Viking know-it-all fans, like, oh, they knew what they were getting when they were getting Justin, Justin Jefferson. No, you never do. Yeah, everybody's pretty sure they know what they're getting, um, which is why they make the pick. Nobody makes a pick and says, The most I unpopular draft pick in Vikings history was Randy Moss. Really? Okay. Because he was because he was a that. marijuana smoking thug. Oh. Like from the fans' perspective. Well, they love yeah, everybody they, they who's hated, as soon as they they're drafted. That pick. They hated that pick. Hmm. Yeah. No, right. I, I remember right. that. I okay. do I do remember that. I remember that on the morning shows. I grew up up there. They hated yeah. the Randy Moss pick because he was a malcontent for Marshall. And I was there during that whole season because I was at the University of St. Thomas. Go Tommies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not there when they drafted him. I was still, you know, here. So I don't right. know, I well, guess. Yeah, they, it's interesting. Because that, that all went away real quick. Yeah. You know, they also held, they also hated Denny Green, who up to this point is still the best coach they've had in the last 30 years. But, yeah. you know. Not Bud Grant, who used to shop at the Eden Prairie uh, Costco. <laughs> he's that's, the why most... I, that's, that's why I said in the last 30 years. Yeah, he's yeah. the most unassuming guy. I used to see him all the time. I like him a lot. Um, they'll say that much. Uh, Roger yeah, still Christian, looks so Christian weird Watson's amazing. Like yes. he's that's legit. Like you cannot you cannot take away from what he can do. No, he is big and he is fast and he can catch. He is NFL fast. Like he makes NFL fast guys. This is the second week in a row that he has run away from a guy with a measured three or a pardon me a four three speed. Yeah, Blackwell. Yeah, Blackwell yeah. is fast. He Blackwell's probably the fastest player on the Bears. Now, was he coming off a, a, a block from uh, Watkins? <laughs> Watkins. Yes. The best part is Watkins on that play makes that block. He bounces off and then just puts his hand up to celebrate. He's like, we did it. <laughs> like, he's, he knows. It. He's like, that guy's gone, man. And then everybody in Packerland is like, wait, that dude's still on the roster? Wait, what? <laughs> that was a, it was good of him to be there. It was a good block. This. It was a good block by Watkins. Watkins took out two dudes on that play. And enough of Blackwell that he wouldn't catch up because, yeah, like you said, Blackwell's a 4-3 runner and maybe the fastest guy on the Bears, and he couldn't catch him. And yeah. that he's half the size of Watson. Fastest guy on the Bears, second fastest guy on the field. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the big difference. Yeah. But um, other than that, 
Dylan has been running much better the last several weeks, and I think that that's a good thing to hang on to in terms of looking at this team and what this team is uh, going forward, uh, the things that they can do well. Dylan's running better, which is especially good because Aaron Jones has been dealing with the shin issue and has been injured. So, you know, that hurts a bunch. But still, just just having him look like himself again makes me feel better about this team uh, as it as it goes forward. Dylan's, again, Dylan's best AJ Dylan's best work is in the second half of the year. Generally speaking, yeah, he's I think people were just frustrated. He definitely did not show it in the first several weeks of this season. So that that's something that's, that is true. He definitely did not look like himself. Uh, he was not running over anybody in that first half of this year, but that's, he, he's looking better. I, what was the What was the game where he looked like uh, um, uh, King Henry jr. <laughs> I, was, was it against the Titans last year against the Titans? He had that big, big game. Yeah. Huge game. That was late in the year too. Like, He's since he's been drafted, he's been really good in the last half of the year. So, yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's his bit. Like, you know, once once Jones gets worn down, you know, all of a sudden, you know, bring in the hammer. Well, so and we needed it so, because Jones has been hurt. So that definitely changes a lot of that there. So, well, and when when the temperature gets cold too, having a dude who weighs 260 pounds hit you is a different thing altogether. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we've all been there from Wisconsin mm-hmm. playing football here. And so, yeah. and who was the other running back that came in? Taylor was that his number twenty-seven? Yeah, Patrick Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I just was like, off, who's that, just who's brought that up dude? from the practice squad again? Yeah, he keeps first run yeah. six yards. I was like, well, that's good. If you retire with that, <laughs> I averaged six yards a rush in the NFL. Nice job. Yeah. Way to go, Jim Brown. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the defense is still just the worst. And uh, here, here's and my it's not the players. No, this is my take, and some people are going after several of the players. I think Quay might be having trouble learning to play this, and I think at some point they're just being hamstrung to a certain degree because it, it looks like him and Devondre both are being told to hang back. You know, they're at depth. They're four yards off the ball or whatever, and they're just kind of standing there like they're being told to react and uh, go on instead of – being gap disciplined they're they're being told to move kind of freely and find their way upfield at some point but it ends up just being they're waiting for the ball carrier to pick where they want to run and then you know hopefully they can get there but they can't always do it then because they're so flat-footed and then they're getting blocked uh quay had a couple nice plays like you've pointed this out too if he can get sideline to sideline he's at his best uh, he had some plays on the edge on a couple of pass plays that he just ran people down and that went really well for him. But running up the middle uh, hasn't been great for him. The one for fields, that's not his fault because of of scheme, essentially. Uh, the inside right. backer and the nose tackler are supposed to watch inside give on the, you know, that, that read option play. Enigbari and Ford are supposed to be there to watch it on the take instead of if he doesn't give, if he holds, then that's got to be the outside linebacker and the, the safety coming downhill and the outside backers got to have outside contain outside in tackle with the safety, probably coming from the inside out pursuit. And so Ford just missed the tackle for one. And then there's nobody else there. And people keep showing the image of, uh, of Quay looking the wrong direction. It's because his read is to follow that play kind of like, 
Um, like, you know, if you've ever played, I'm sure in Wisconsin high school football, you played against a, a read option team or an option team, triple option, whatever quarterback comes out and you're the defensive end. You hit the quarterback every play. You don't try to read. Like my job is I hit him. I hit this guy because I got an outside backer or I got a corner who gets the next guy. I play pitch. I play the ball. They play the pitch. I don't get to play both. You, you have, you have an assignment when you have to be assignment sound when you're playing against any kind of option because um, the other guys are going the other way. So you need to make sure you you do that one thing. And right, and I played I played yeah. middle linebacker in high school, and um, uh, when we play up against Flambeau, which is Justin Leonard's team, <laughs> uh, they, they ran they ran the option most of the time. Gaga was a quarterback, and the Leonard's were on the outside, and they had good team good team so they ran the triple option a lot and uh yeah no a middle linebacker either my job was that you tackle the fullback coming through the middle whether he has the ball or not or you know it or if i was shading to the other side you tackle the running back going through the the three hole you know that between yeah. the tackle between the tackle and the tight end no matter what and even if you know that gago is gonna keep it and run it to the outside or pitch it you still tackle Gago in the three hole. It yeah. doesn't matter. That's yeah. what you. That's what you do. Yeah, and that's a defensive even, end. Even if you see him pitch it, you still tackle him, and you pray to God that your buddy has your butt mm-hmm. on the outside because that's your job. And mm-hmm. if you don't do your job, the one time you don't do it, and you're like, "I'm going to be smart about this. I'm going to go after that pitch guy." You, you read it wrong, yeah. and now and now Gago is thirty yards downfield because because nobody else has your lane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you mind your lane, and Packers didn't on that play, and it wasn't Quay's fault that time. But I think he's just the, the defense just set up to let him be hesitant, and that's kind of what he does, unless he can run sideline to sideline on a clear um, decision where the decision's made for him. It seems like he's hesitant and is told to be that way. The and, other and, thing, and listening to the game because I had drill this weekend. Um, because w- and Wayne and Larry, uh, Wayne and Larry are, are being very brutally honest this year about the defense. <laughs> Wayne is always brutally honest, or, well, or Larry is. I'm sorry, yeah. I mean, they, they both is. are. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne sugarcoats it sometimes, especially yeah, Wayne, yeah, going good. Larry, Larry always uh paints the picture like a Rembrandt. He sees um, so much, yeah, yeah. Oh, god, he does. He's he's the best, but uh, um, they were talking about. There was a play. I don't remember if it was end of the first half or beginning of the second half. Uh, beginning of the second half, right after Rogers decided to go hero ball on a third and one. Um, <laughs> but uh, they were talking about how Quay Walker ran down Justin Fields from behind. And yeah. Larry's like, there's only one linebacker in the entire NFL that can run down Justin Fields from behind. Yeah. And that's Quay Walker because Quay Walker's that fast. And then there was a, a faux pas. Um, so this year, the Packers radio network switched from TMJ, which they've been with forever. I don't know how long they've been with TMJ, but probably since the sixties. And, uh, they went over to what is now the game out of, uh, Milwaukee. And that is, um, uh, Drew and KB Heller and that, that whole, that whole group right there. And so right after, I can't remember what the series was. But because I was driving home from Madison to Janesville and I was listening to the game and they forgot to go to break and oh. Larry had a hot mic. 
Did you hear about this? No, I did not. I, maybe I and did, I, but I, I, didn't I, pay I, I thought I that they were like not going to break because at first, Larry, being the consummate professional he is, he's like, I don't know what these cornerbacks are doing downfield. He's like, this none of this makes sense. He's like, he's like, I get that some of these players are playing like crap, but I don't know why they're out of place. And then cut here, hard cut. Here's commercial. my here's my theory he, on a lot he, of this. It was hot Mike, and he completely called it. Yeah. It was exactly it. He's like these. And, and Dan Needles, who forever was on Milwaukee um, TV stations, whatnot, he's retired yeah. now. Yep. He's on Drew and KB today. And he said, yeah, you know, and he's like, there's some level of accountability to the players. And and we talked about it last week with Jair Alexander, like kind of lashing out on this defensive side. He's like, this is I'm going to cross over to the Badgers now. He's like, he said, this is where Chris McIntosh makes a difference. He's like, they identified a problem and got rid of it like immediately he is being decisive he's like i've got a career he's like i'm gonna make <laughs> big decisions i'm gonna fire paul christ um he's like jim leonard um a, a nice try but you didn't do it i got this guy he's awesome everyone's trying to get him i got him here we go and he's like i will die on this hill and i will be fired because of it and he said the opposite of that is the packers with joe barry and just the weak press conferences with um, uh, Lafleur, like half, yeah, I don't half like defending him, and everyone knows, like fire him, get Jim Leonard now, like I don't Whatever care, get anyone now, like Joe Barry's a joke, everyone knows he's a joke, yeah, it's terrible. And I don't know why, because Gutenkunst has made some hard decisions here in the last couple of years. He's going to have to make That's... a hard decision in the next year here. What the hell is going on with Joe Barry? Because Joe Barry's a joke, and it's not the players. It's a scheme. The scheme is everything here. They're out of place. They don't know what they're doing. You got Ford and Nixon, luckily just, and Jair Alexander. Apparently, they've all decided, hey, we're going to play street ball. And yeah. in the meantime, in the meantime, Kenny Clark, who was maybe the best defensive tackle behind Aaron Aaron uh, Donald, Donald last year, he's been absent at best. Mm -hmm. Quay Walker's rookie year has been wasted. The other dude mm -hmm. from uh, from Georgia, we haven't heard from at all. Like, yeah. what what the hell, Joe Barry? Like, and and again, we've talked about it week after week after week on this podcast. He is a dude who has a job because his friends are coaches in the NFL. And his dad was a coach and his father-in-law was a coach. And probably bad coaches too. Yeah. Rod Marinelli is the guy who gave him his first DC. Oh job. my God. Rod Marinelli sucks. That's the guy who gave him his first uh, defensive coordinator job. And it's his father-in-law. <laughs> his dad was a I pretty mean, good college it's coach. Not, it's not even the, it's not even the Nathaniel Hackett thing where we've talked about. Sometimes yeah. it's good just to be a coordinator. He's not you know, a coordinator. Bum, bum, He's not a position Phillip, coach. Bum Phillips and Wade Phillips were great defensive minds. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Bum Phillips was innovative with the four, six defense back mm -hmm. in the day. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Horrible head coaches. Yeah. Nathaniel Hackett is, is showing that right now out in Denver. Sometimes you just need to be a coordinator. Yeah. Right. True. Uh, um, Joe Barry does not need to be in the NFL unless he's like quality uh, controlling a wide receiver room or something like that. Like <laughs> he, he's like not defensive coordinator. No, 
No, yeah, not no, at all. You get, you get, you get to, you know, you're not the wide receiver coordinator. You, you just make sure that the projector works in the wide receiver room. Joe Barry when, forgot his first job as a uh, grad assistant at a school where his dad was a coach. Then he became a linebacker assistant coach when his dad was the linebacker coach. Um, and for what it looks like, Mike Barry was a pretty decent coach. Like he was a good college coach and did some decent work as a position coach in the NFL. But no, uh, this is absolute nepotism and it's terrible. And he's he's I, I mean, not good at, at Bel- this job. Look at Belichick's son. Sometimes I wonder if he's going to have a seizure on the sidelines. <laughs> Jeez, have you I seen that not. dude? I I'm, I know I have, and I can't picture him right now. Uh, he's, but, he's got he's got the meme where he's licking his lips incessantly <laughs> with with the mullet. Like, okay, like yeah. I know Bill Here, Belichick's a genius, but your son looks like he just put peanut butter in his mouth and doesn't know how to get rid of it. All right, okay. let me let me give you my thought on some of this too. Is sorry, I'll shut up. These I'm, I actually I'm going to mute me so you can get all your thoughts. <laughs> no, I'm really just going to piggyback of what you said, and it's the thing I've been putting out on Twitter a lot recently. Is I think the players are playing for themselves. This is, you know, it's it's a basic 100%. economic choice. Um, in economics, if you've ever studied economics, you assume all people will act in their own rational self-interest, which isn't true, obviously. But it's how you it's how you make the theories work. Is you have to assume everybody works it's, in the rational. It's 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 ninety five percent true. Oh, I don't know that most people are working for their rational self-interest at any given time, but yeah. So the. It makes sense what they're doing. If you know your defensive coordinator isn't going to get it done, you know that your your head coach will back your offensive co- your defensive coordinator, even though he's he's not putting you positions to win games. Then you don't care what position you're being put into because you're going to make plays for you. If you're Kenny Clark, you say, uh, "I'm going to go for some sacks. I'm going to go make some big splash plays, or I'm just going to avoid getting injured now because why would I put out for this team that definitely." isn't sitting down to put out for me or protecting me when the the play is wrong. They're not going to fall on their own sword for me. I'm not going to waste my body this year on that. And Jair Alexander has bitten on more double moves this year than ever in the history of history because he wants the pick. He really, really wants interceptions. That's, That's why he got burnt twice long yesterday. Right. And it's why he got the pick later. He's playing Terrell Buckley football right now, for those of you who remember T-Buck. Uh, my brother Mike, who is an adult uh, now, uh, had, had a shirt said, I'm a T-Buck kid, uh, shortly after Buckley was drafted out of uh, Florida State. But, I mean, Buckley hey, gambled. Hey, so, it's what so, Diggs' so, so brother does. Before you, before you move on with your point, uh, yeah, yeah. that the, the Taylor kid that was running the ball yesterday. Yeah, Patrick Taylor. Uh, yeah, yeah, Patrick Taylor. When he ran through the line, the first thing I thought was, Terrell Buckley's playing running back? No way. <laughs> he was a little dude. Uh, yeah, but he, I mean, was, he was tiny. Yeah. The basic problem, though, is that, uh, it, I mean, interceptions get you money. That's how your contract looks like. You want to see Diggs from, from Dallas? Nobody gives up more yards passing than Diggs. How does he keep getting interceptions? How did he lead the league in interceptions? Because he gambles and his guy looks open all the time. And also the Packers, you, the Packers gave Russell Douglas a huge contract because of interceptions. Yeah. And Mainly that's kind of that one touchdown that he gave up the other week was one where um, he turns towards the inside of the field instead of turning back towards the player. He sees the player put his hand up. It's the Eagles last week. And what he could have done is turn inward towards the player 
and get a hand up and find the ball because then you can see where the player's hands are. But what he does is he turns back towards the field hoping that he can get to the ball and make the big pick rather than just turn and knock it away. Um, that was playing for himself. It was It's bad uh, in terms of the little play, but it's better for your own because you don't really get penalized contract-wise for getting burned on that play. You really don't in terms of how things work out. Uh, but you get a lot say, more for say, getting the pick. In, 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 fantasy, in, in fantasy football, we have no way to quantify if a cornerback gets burnt on a play either. Right. So yeah. that, I mean, that's it. That's there. Uh, yeah. I mean, how do you do it? I mean, yeah, that dude got nine picks last year. That's awesome. I mean, Deion Sanders made a career off that. Yeah. The digs out in Dallas though, he's just a gambler and that's kind of what Jair is doing this year. And a bunch of the D backs are doing that because they're, they're playing for the next contract. They're playing for the next season. They're done with this guy. Um, he's lost the the entire defensive room, and it shows. Just, I, I mean, re- it makes just, sense just, too. Just remember, as a fan base, that if if you've lost faith in a coach, and it's that obvious, just like just like every, it, it's it's very obvious on Denver right now that that whole room is lost. Not just not just a coordinator, head coach. The whole the whole squad is just a mess. It's very obvious to the fan base. Yep. It it was it was a mess six months ago. That's what that means. And so if if we're noticing now as fans on a podcast, who are and intelligent fans too, me and you yeah. are intelligent fans. We we know what's going on. We can see writing on the wall. That means that three months before we saw it, it was seen in the locker room. Like, yeah, Joe. Somebody Joe, knows the, this. The, play, over there. the players saw it in Joe Barry way before we did. Yes, we don't because what we're fans, we just watch and like even even the best reporters, all of our friends, Andy Herman, um, Aaron Nagler, like guys who are in there and like have people on the inside and stuff like that. They're still two to three weeks behind the power curve. And the fact that Joe Barry was being called out in week two is not good. No, because that means that the players are well beyond that. Right. You know, the player, they don't. And it, like you said, Jair Alexander uh, doing just 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 doing whatever. Yeah. It's 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 what you do. It's self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's a bye next week. So we'll start talking about everything else later on. We don't have anything Packers next week other than getting ready for that. We'll see if we can maybe talk uh, Jim Widener into coming on with us or something. I'll be, start reaching out to some people here. But uh Something else to cover for Packers that are are very late by. Uh, the only thing we'll say in terms of the Badgers is <laughs> Aaron's got to love the name of this bowl. The guaranteed rate.com bowl or whatever. It's like, come on. Man. <laughs> it's just so. At, at least we're not in the Duke Mail Bowl. Right. It's, it's, it's I said we. I, I never say we with the Badgers because I'm not we with the Badgers. Um, I am. But yeah. The, the, the Badgers. Yeah. You are we. I am yeah. not we. I, I am I, me I like and you are we and we are all together. No, <laughs> we. Uh, that's a great song, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, the guaranteed guaranteed rate dot com bowl against Oklahoma State. Great right. offensive team. Uh, K State held them just nothing though. But we'll see what this looks like. We'll talk more about this as we well, get closer, K- and we'll K- see K- who's going to be there. Uh, it looks like K- K- Miles K State K State beat uh, uh, TCU. Uh, TCU. Yeah. Who's now in the college playoff. And that's one of the hardest 
Yeah, no, that's a crazy uh, yeah. math, math, math problems. Or, uh, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> uh, what, what, what do you call that? One of those giant long math problems. Yeah, it's an equation or formula equation, or not, something. Not equation, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like how, so TCU lost to K-State. <laughs> yeah, it's not too But they get to play for the national championship. Oh, this is great. This is awesome. This is, yeah. It's hard but at this I, point I, figuring out who three should have been, especially since all the, I mean, the people who actually won the conferences are like, well, nobody thinks they're the best. We can't put in Utah, K-State. They, they're like three lost teams. And yeah, it's hard. It's been a yeah. weird year that way. But what's going to be interesting here, too, is in the coming weeks, it, it looks like Miles Burkett is probably going to start the bowl game. Because Graham Mertz has entered the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, there's rumor Braylon Allen will, but he specifically tweeted out today. I haven't said anything. I haven't decided anything. Stop saying anything because, you know, nothing happened yet. So you don't know. We don't know. I haven't told anybody. So, yeah, we'll, well that's see. Be- that's because Graham Mertz has made no impact on this team whatsoever since he was uh, a top, what was he, 12th, top, top 25 yeah, top he was 20. one of the top quarterbacks in that recruiting class. I really no, do no, think like top twenty-five overall recruits. Maybe uh, I forget where he overall ranked, but it was. I mean, he was super high. It, he was supposed to be, yes. supposed to be the the Badger savior quarterback. Like, really should have just a... kept Jack Cohn for another year. Uh, yeah. Should have been able to wait on Graham Mertz uh, a little bit more. And I don't think they really coached him or put him in positions to do well. And I really do wish him well wherever he goes. And I really, really want people to, by and large, it has been very positive uh, from the people responding to him and responding to the situation. But there's always that guy, you know, who gets on there like, well, you're the worst and you ruined this team for two. You're like, you know what, dude, shut up. That guy put in everything he could for this team and didn't turn out well. Uh, he had to deal with a lot of changeover, a lot of turnover, a lot of things going different ways, changing offensive coordinators, losing a coach halfway through a season. Um, his his actual numbers aren't, I mean, like, they aren't what we wanted. They aren't Russell Wilson, uh, but they're better than a lot of quarterbacks we've had. Uh, and he's he lost quarterback coach. He lost offensive coordinators. He had a whole bunch of changes. And he had to go through a COVID season where, you know, by the way, he had COVID at one point in there too. And it's just, yeah, a lot of things went crazy for this kid. And I feel really badly for him or I feel really bad for him. Pardon me. It's a transitive verb. Uh, but I just, wow. Holy. That was on John uh, Oliver a couple of weeks back. So I just want to say that <laughs> he pointed that out just to tell people about it. Uh, but anyhow, just, you know, good luck to him and all the other people who are transferring. If Braylon Allen transfers, I will I will wish him well to wherever he goes, unless he's playing the Badgers. And then I hope he does what he did this year, which is be tentative in the hole and maybe be a little confused. But I mean, he was a thousand yard rusher for two years for this team, and I hope he comes back. Um, well, but and- Graham Mertz is a guy who like his play doesn't match the style that Fickle runs. And, and, and thing is now with transfer portal, it's it's college football is done like how we used to know college football yeah. with who's the guy that uh, tr- uh, transferred to the Badgers basketball team that couldn't play forever. Micah Potter. Because... Micah Potter. Yeah. That's like, that's not anymore. That's gone. Like there's, there, there's none of that. Of course anymore. it happened to a Badger volleyball player again this year. They sometimes will make you wait for your eligibility, but you can change schools pretty quickly and not wait a whole year. But, but yeah. in the meantime, in college football transfer portal, what was it? Um, 200 people tried to get into the transfer portal for Colorado 
once they knew that Deion Sanders was going to be the coach out there. Yeah, he like well, it, it, it's the wild west right now for college football. Like, so it's going to be strange in Colorado. I think it, 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 it well, it's going to be strange out there. It's going to be strange everywhere. Um, but with, well, he basically told all of his current players to transfer out. Yeah, he, he, he did. did. Yeah, you're like I'm I'm bringing my bags. <laughs> Get out. And so, but in the meantime, back with the Badgers. Um, so Grand Mertz leaving and Braylon Howard. Allen not leaving right away out of the transfer portal. I'm sure that uh, Luke is 100% like on this guy right now. Like, yeah. um, like you're, you're going to be the key centerpiece of our offense as a running back. Like mm-hmm. he, you can't lose this guy. Like a number one as the new head coach, like you have a stud running back on your team. You can't lose him. Right, you, you you can't, and I mm-hmm. I think, and he's from Fond du Lac. He's a local guy, yeah. you know. So I, I I don't, I'm not, you know. Everyone's like, well, he, Braylon Allen is going to hit the, tra- the transfer portal, maybe. Uh, I doubt it. Like he's being super it, weird about it, but that's you know it's his prerogative. I mean, it's his he's decision. Twenty years old, man. Like yeah. everyone's super weird when you're twenty years old. You don't know what to do. Everyone's telling you what to do. I remember when I was 20 years old, a recruiter told me to join the army and I did. I think he's 18. Maybe he's 19. <laughs> Is now. he 18? Gosh. Okay, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, younger, like whatever. either way, it's going to be interesting to see the team going forward. And we'll see how it plays out. And when we get to a bowl game, we'll talk about that. Let's get down to the bigger things this week. Uh, anything that isn't Packers bears, obviously, because that's the dominating Wisconsin sports talk. Uh, Wisconsin had a bad loss. I mean, wake is a good team. It was a good matchup of two teams that will be in March. All right. They will be in the 64. Uh, and Wisconsin falls behind on that one and just, you know, they did not manage to, to get that win, but they fought them the whole way. But the big one is still Marquette beating Baylor uh, and absolutely destroying. And that was, this is um, Big Ten uh, ACC challenge. But right behind that is this Big 12, Big East battle that they were, they have now. Uh, specific cross conference uh, rivalry things where you know Big East Big Twelve want to get into something like I mean the Big Ten ACC challenge is it right I mean those are the two conferences not to say that you know the Big East isn't great because they have been fantastic and they have a bunch of good teams again this year Creighton looks fantastic um, they they went toe to toe with Texas all the way down um, St John's is at least hanging in there with some people. Uh, and, you know, Villanova and Xavier are going to be around. But, yeah, just 96 points against Baylor. Uh, that is that is crazy. Marquette's defense has been so good this year, and I had thought, watching this Marquette team as I do, that the Badgers had no chance of beating this team. I said that last week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah, like, did. this Marquette defense is some of the most fun to watch. Um, they move quickly at defense, and how did they get 96 points against Baylor? Uh, they transitioned like nothing, like just, and the Badgers saw it a couple times, um, and we'll get into that a little bit. But I mean, ninety six points, winning by by twenty six, ninety six to seventy over Baylor was a fantastic game, uh, and, and they got ahead and just stayed ahead. You know, they just cruised from about halfway through the first quarter. They were already up by was it? They're up by fourteen points, twenty five to eleven uh, at ten twenty two here. And then it never gets closer, really. 
It's just that's the game, and to just kill him on this. Uh, shooting 58% from the floor, uh, holding Baylor to 48%. Um, and then three-pointers. The, the Marquette, the Golden Eagles here, shoot 48% from three against Baylor. I don't care who you're playing. Somebody shooting 50% almost, somewhere around 50% from three, you, you, you have to match them to stay with it. Uh, that was it's just they were fantastic. And then okay. they had the letdown in that the Badgers got out way big out in front of them here, getting a 16-point lead early in the second half. Uh, and it was Chucky Hepburn, which surprised me. Uh, he's been a little uh, uncharacteristic this year so far. He has not been himself. He's had some weird turnovers. Um, he hasn't been shooting as accurately as he normally does. But in this game, uh, he went just went off in that first half. And then he gets injured. 16 points at halftime, uh, misses most of the second half, and then comes back and hits a giant three uh, to get them a short lead here right before Marquette tied it, uh, and they go into overtime. And uh, But, yeah, having the Badgers blow a 16-point lead is something that they're going to talk about. Uh, but then they come back in overtime, and really this Marquette could not get shots in that overtime. And this is the other part that surprises me. If you told me one team was going to fade late, I'd have said Wisconsin because they don't go as deep on their bench. They've been doing better this year. Um, McGee's been getting good playing time. Asijian coming off the bench has been fantastic. Um, getting those types of guys in there has been really helpful. But, I mean, Marquette goes on a, on a short day. They're only going five deep. But they can go eight most games, eight, nine deep on that scoring uh, in, in a lot of these games. And... The Badgers had it at the end, and the biggest thing they did was stop those those quick turnovers. Um, they were doing really well in the rebounding. Igodaro is great, but Kral was able to assert himself a couple times down the stretch. He is a bigger guy than Igodaro. Um, Omax Prosper had a very nice game, but he shoots a 3 of 11. You can't have one of the best players of your team go 3 of 11. Uh, Kobe Jones just killed everybody out there. He was 9 of 12. Uh, they should have let him take every shot in the overtime, every single shot in that overtime, um, because he was the only guy who was just lighting it up from everywhere. Four of six from three. Uh, he almost single-handedly kept him in it down the stretch, it seemed like, too. So um, fantastic atmosphere, fantastic game. Uh, the last two plays in overtime for Marquette were inbound plays trying to get down the field or the floor, and both times they just threw it directly to Tyler Wall. Uh, the first time they follow him, the second time they just like, well, that's that, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, great game. Did you get a chance to, to watch it or review it or anything there, Aaron? Anything Absolutely to add? Absolutely not. I had drill this week. That's right. So. <laughs> well, it's good because I watched <laughs> but, that one all the way through. It was a fantastic game. And, I mean, quite honestly, if Chucky Hepburn doesn't go out, I think they hold on to that lead a lot more and it doesn't go to overtime. But it, um, that Marquette defense is fantastic. Both these teams well, are going to do really well. Uh, going for the rest of this year. And I think Marquette's going to be uh, a real threat in the Big East. I don't know well, if they Needle, win it. But... Needles was talking about that today, too, yeah. on uh, on the game. Um, he's he's retired now, but he comes on uh, during KB. Yeah. And he was talking about how Shaka Smart has a very athletic yes. Marquette team. And he was even surprised that they lost to the Badgers because yeah. and he's like, he was talking about how the Badgers need to be more like Marquette. Um, and, know. and the way that they beat 
Baylor the way they are, and they're the the Marquette team is very athletic. They're not a bunch of um, Minnesota prospects or uh, you know rejects or steals from the Minnesota Gophers, you know, big tall white guys, and and that uh, Marquette is just super athletic and super long and fast, and they can do things. And it was a big surprise that they lost to Wisconsin, even. But uh, it's a bigger yeah. thing because they lost at home. Which is the first time since what was it, uh, 2016, 2014, something like that, since the the home team lost. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it's an impressive win for Wisconsin because it's I think it's very impressive gonna, win for Wisconsin. Yeah. Both these teams, I think, are going to end the season uh, somewhere in that top twenty-five because they both look really good, and uh, the fact that they got this with that game on the road and, is great. And what, and what you're talking about earlier about the Big East being good. Yeah. It, it, do you remember a couple of years back, like when college basketball got rearranged and all the conferences got changed and everything like that? It looked like it looked like the Big East was dead in the water. Like mm-hmm. they 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 weren't going to be any good anymore. And the Big East has rebounded nicely. Like they're they've got some teams. Creighton is unbelievable. Right yeah. Now too. So. I'm surprised they dropped them as much as they did. But yeah, no that that team looks really good. Marquette gets to play North. North Carolina Central next week. Wisconsin's going to have um, Maryland and uh, Iowa, who, uh, just so you know, uh, Marquette, Iowa's a big rival for Wisconsin. Also, one we play more frequently because they're a conference rival. That's a big deal game uh, just because you know, they're right there, and it, they're very similar in style, and they recruit the same people. Uh, that's going to be a fun game. The Maryland one is going to be – Interesting, because Maryland is very good too, and we'll see how that one goes out this week. Well, they're so talking before. about that today too. Is that Maryland is uh, Maryland basketball? The the transfer portal is basketball too. It's not just yes. oh yeah, it's not just football, but apparently Maryland has done amazingly in the transfer portal. So we'll we'll see where Maryland's at. Okay, uh, moving on. Then we'll, we'll let's just that's all we have for the major programs so let's get everything else in here and we'll wrap up this show by running through what we lovingly call our last call time to look around and get your bearings it's time for the last call starting off our last call with volleyball as we are in the field of 64 and the badgers and marquette both make the sweet 16 this year uh, Badgers have a particularly easy round as they are the number two seed. So they're playing some of the lower end. Uh, in terms of teams that got in, these are automatic qualifier type teams. Uh, they played Knipiak to start things off. And this is one of my favorite stats of, the, of this so far is that Knipiak, remember we've talked about kill percentage, which is kills minus errors divided by total attacks. Knipiak for the game had a negative kill percentage meaning they had more errors they had 12 total kills 25 errors divided by 90 attacks they were a minus 0.144 on their kill percentage wisconsin at a 0.314 for the uh for the entire match including a 0.421 in the third set it was outrageous knipiak got 28 total points i mean 25 wins you one game they got 28 total they wow. lose 15, 9, and 4. It was a ridiculous matchup. Uh, just getting absolutely hammered. Devin Robinson with 11 kills. 
Jade Demps gets in there with eight. Uh, MJ Hamill with three aces in this match. Uh, Caroline Crawford leads away with six blocks, and we get uh, Gulce Guchtekin with 13 digs to lead the way. They moved on. They played Texas Christian, TCU. For those of you who don't know full names of universities, uh, <laughs> they played them. They beat them handily as well. They win this 9, 11, and 23. So, I mean, they, they had one close set there. Uh, that means that in their first th- uh, six uh, sets there, they only gave up 15 or more in two <laughs> out of six. Wow. Um, yeah, again, TCU only had one match where they had a positive kill percentage. Just one. Uh, that's the only one out of six games they played where there's a positive kill percentage. Wow. Um, I forgot. This is the other great spot. Um, in terms of total blocks, Wisconsin had 10 blocks against Knipiak. Knipiak had zero blocks against Wisconsin. Did not block a single kill attempt. Um, there were two blocks by Texas Christian compared to 11 for Wisconsin. Again, uh, well, this one's Devin Robinson had six kills. Sarah Franklin got to lead the way in this one with 13. Uh, Daniel Hart leads with blocks with five, followed by Robinson. Gulce uh, Guchtekin gets uh, 11 digs in this one, followed by Julia Pardon me, Yulia Orzao uh, with seven. They move on. They will be playing. Um, they'll be playing. Uh, oops, I don't have that. They'll be playing Penn State as uh, Big Ten is really dominating the Sweet 16 in two matchups where uh, Big Ten will play Big Ten. Ohio State will be playing Minnesota. Wisconsin will be playing Penn State, who they just beat in um, Penn State a couple weeks back. Well, two weeks ago. Uh, then you move on to Marquette who got to play Ball State to start things off. They win 3-0 against Ball State and then 3-0 against number 13 Texas Tech, or Georgia Tech, pardon me, Georgia Tech. That's a weird one. They got to play it at home. They're at the Al McGuire Center in Milwaukee for both of these uh, because they were the four seed. They, they should have come out of this, and now they'll their, you know, their uh, reward is to go play number one overall Texas. Um, but it's odd because Georgia Tech was the number 13 ranked team playing in Milwaukee in this one. They beat Ball State 3-0, like I said. Uh, they win 20-17-17. and 17. Uh, Get big games. Uh, Carson Murray with 12 kills. Aubrey Hamilton with 9. Uh, we keep seeing uh, Scrayback, Carly Scrayback with 13 digs. Um, Murray Carson also had two blocks in that one to get past Ball State Cardinals. Then they got uh, Georgia Tech, like we said. They win 23-20-19. Uh, again, just playing, well, playing very, very well. Aubrey Hamilton, again, with 17 kills in this one. Jenna Reitzma with 11. Uh, Carson Murray, again, leading the way in blocks with five. Uh, Yadhira Enchante with 14 digs to outpace Carly Scrabeck, who had 10. Uh, like we said, both Wisconsin schools moving on to the uh, Sweet 16, and that should be fantastic to watch in the coming uh, coming week here. But Marquette getting a very rough draw, getting the number one overall uh, seed coming in. In terms of hockey, this is, again, you want to talk about how great a weekend Wisconsin had? Wisconsin men's hockey beat number five Michigan. They I beat saw them, that. They beat them six to three. And then the next game, they, they had a two to two game. They led one nothing. They led two one. And then they lost four to two after two good goals in the last. Michigan's top three players are already drafted. 
Uh, one of the, they have another guy who's going to be like a top five pick. Probably Th- that team is stacked. There's a great team, uh, tons of NHL talent for Wisconsin to split with Michigan. Uh, it was a huge victory for that team because um, Wisconsin's kind of got the guys who were the backups to a bunch of the guys who went to the NHL in the last two or three years, and now that you know they're kind of in a rebuild. And we'll see if this might be Granado's last year uh, with this team. But getting getting those wins is is big in the Big Ten, and that helps out a lot. Uh, Badger women just uh, murdered, absolutely murdered. I mean, they missed the extra point, but they get thirteen uh, to one against Bemidji State on Friday. Uh, just missed the extra point to get the the fourteen points there because oh dear that that's football score in hockey thirteen goals against Bemidji State. Just outlandish uh, sorts of scoring there. Uh, they are really amping up a number two ranked team and uh, looking forward to how this season's going to end up for Badger women going forward as well. In terms of the Division three teams, a couple good ones here. Uh, UWSP, Stevens Point beats River Falls 3-1, to one, uh, and then River Falls bounces back. It, well, it doesn't bounce back because then they lose to Northland 4-2. to two. Uh, Superior and Stevens Point played into overtime Saturday night. Stevens Point getting the goal, getting the overtime win 3-2. to two. But that followed up Superior beating UW-Eau Claire. Currently 14th-ranked UW-Eau Claire. Superior beats them 2-0 at home. Uh, Northland... They go got jackets. The, yeah, go jackets. It's fantastic. But uh then they, they played Stevens Point pretty evenly. Number 15 ranked Stevens Point right now played evenly. Eau Claire bounced back by beating Stout four to two. Uh, and like we said, Northland got the one win over uh River Falls, but they did fall to Stout three to two in the NCHA. Um Milwaukee School of Engineering had a rough one. Number three Adrian came into town and they win five one and then six four. So that's that is a rough kind of pull to have. Uh, Lawrence loses to Aurora. Uh, they lose four nothing, and then they lose five nothing. So not getting a single one, losing nine nothing over the weekend is rough. Saint Norbert's brought in Concordia of Wisconsin. Uh, they hold their own. They they did a home and home. They they win four one, and then they win eight nothing uh, in De Pere. Uh Women's D three hockey. Right now, it's fun to point out, uh, UW River Falls is the number two ranked team in the country at 8-1-0. This week, River Falls comes in, uh, and they played... I'm trying to see where they actually landed up here. I don't think... They they had a game against, it looks like, Gustavus, which is going to happen tomorrow. Well, that's probably Wednesday, if you're listening on Tuesday. It'll happen December 7th, so that'll be a good one, because Gustavus is the number one ranked team in the country. And River Falls and Gustavus will be playing this uh, Wednesday. So that should be a fun game. Uh, other than that, UW Stevens Point beat Northland 5 0. Uh, and then Northland also lost to Lake Forest uh, 7 0. That wraps up the women's hockey. Uh, the one other thing that really kind of happened this weekend is Badger Wrestling went to the Garden State Grapple, hosted by the 12th ranked Princeton Tigers. Princeton and Penn both there. Wisconsin beats Princeton 38 to three, the number 12 team in Newark. Uh, not, you know, so that's a great win going into a, a, a duel against a, a top 12 team and beating them very handily 38 to three. 
And then they beat up Penn uh, 27 to 9 the same same day. Those were both on Sunday. So um, good pullback from Wisconsin, uh, getting a couple uh, big ones here. The ones coming up December 11th will be uh, Parkside versus McKendry in Division Three at the Fieldhouse. I guess this is just the Wisconsin Wrestling Showcase. Um, Wisconsin will be going against Drexel. Lacrosse will be going against Cornell. Not that Cornell. The Cornell in Iowa. And then UW Parkside, I guess, is going to be playing McKendry in Division Two. So There's a, there's a school in, in, in Iowa named after Corn. Yeah, Cornell. The Cornell uh, Cobbers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure who they are. But they'll be playing against UW Lacrosse, so... You know, go Eagles, because I know, you know, it's lacrosse. But uh, that's about all we have this week. Uh, wrapping up what we have for our last call here. Aaron, did you have anything else you wanted to make sure we got in before we sign off for the week? I had to, I had to look up where Adrian College was. It's outside of Detroit. Yep, they're in so Michigan. Everybody knows. Yeah, I think they're the Bulldogs, I think, right? Sure. Why not? Or yeah. the Cobbers, <laughs> the, the, the Adrian College Cobbers. Yeah. So. Uh, thank you, everybody, again for another wonderful week of Wisconsin Sports Talk. It's been an interesting time, and we had a, a fun week. Um, I guess the only bad one is, you know, Marquette getting a loss there, but they did manage to also thump uh, a top-five team in, in Baylor. So overall wins, right? I mean, overall, yeah, that's great. Be, Mar- Marquette basketball is going to be A-OK. Yeah, Shaka no, they'll Smart. be fine. Shaka, and Shaka Smart's got a good team there. So yeah, and he's a great coach. And this is the only game of the year I will root against them unless they meet in the tournament. But until then, which I don't think will happen. But until then, I'll be rooting for Marquette the rest of the way down the stretch because that's that's a fun team to watch, and everyone should be watching that team. I All mean, right, be, be, between them and the Wisconsin Badgers and Luke, Luke Fickerel, I mean, I mean, it's been fun. It's, it, we've got two, we got two good coaches, man. Hold on, yeah. All right, everybody, uh, like we said, thank you. you. Remember to follow us and this show on Twitter, at Pod. Twitter's still a thing. Check it out. Uh, it's out there. You can follow me on Twitter, at NotSoHumbleHost. You can follow Aaron, at CheddarTalk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.